Now that we have entered into Sefer Bamidbar, we get to some very fascinating topics that I think in Sefer Vayikra, yes, while Karbanot are fascinating, they are definitely interesting. I think once we get into Bamidbar, we touch on different things, some that seem more applicable to us than others, but each of them really have a lot of fascinating details and add a lot to the overall story of Bamidbar. And it gives us a sense of what they were going through when they were in the desert, whether it is a specific story of what was happening while they were in the Midbar, or whether it's something like what we're going to focus on today, which was a mitzvah that they are given in detail. And we hear about in detail in Sefer Bamidbar that sort of sheds light on what they may have been thinking at the time, what they may have been experiencing, and what they are doing to prepare themselves for the next step. So I think that if we look at the specific mitzvah that we go into in detail, often we get insight as to what was going on at the time. So what I want to focus on today is the Nazir. And the first mention that we have of the Nazir is in Bamidbar Parafav in this week's Parsha, Parsha Naso. You should speak to B'nai Israel and tell them, Ish o isha ki afli lindor neder nazir lahazir lahashem. First question, it is said that I forget exactly what the interview is, but Rav Shechter was interviewing someone. Oh, I think it's in your smicha interview. When you want to enter into why you smicha, Rav Shechter does an interview. And one of the questions he asks you is, can a woman become a Nazir? And as we just saw in the Pasuk, it is clear straight out in the Pasuk that a woman can become a Nazir. Therefore, it's sort of like a trick question because people try to think of like all of the lumdis and what they could possibly think from all of the mefarshim about can a woman become a Nazir, but it's straight out in the Pasuk. So a man or a woman who wants to take on this neder to become a Nazir lahashem, miyayin v'sheichar yazir, they should abstain from yayin v'sheichar, anything that is alcoholic, chometz yayin v'chometz sheichar, um, chometz is, um, the word is escaping me, fermented, fermented grapes, v'chometz sheichar lo yishteh, v'chol mesharit anavim lo yishteh, anavim lachim v'yevishim lo yuchal. Not only may you not drink wine, that makes a lot of sense to us, wine or alcohol, we can see how there could be a negative effect of wine or alcohol, but you may also abstain, must abstain from grapes themselves. Anything that is made out of grapes, any grapes themselves, from the skin to the seeds, dried grapes, fresh grapes, anything having to do with a grape, you may not touch. For all the days of his nizirot, for all the days that he has this nether on him, um, a Scissor may not pass on your head. Until the days that you have set aside and made this vow to Hashem have passed. It should be holy and he should grow out his hair. You also may not become all of the days of your nizirut. You may not come into contact with a dead body. This is even more strict than the Kohen Gadol, that you may not become, you may not become tummy, either for your father or for your mother or for your brother or for your sister. Because you are a Nazir Tashem, you literally have this Nizirut on your head, which is probably addressing the fact that you did not cut your hair. You have this Nizirut, you have this special sworn upon status, and therefore you may not become tummy for any dead body. 
goes on in the next pasuk, and we see this shed in a very positive light. This is repeated a few times that this Nazir is considered to be Kodesh Hashem, holy Hashem. However, we are thrown a little wrench in the story when we see what happens at the end of the Nizirut, because we say that when, when someone takes a vow of Nizirut, when someone decides that they would like to be a Nazir, they set aside a, a specific amount of time that they want to accept this Nizirut for. So then at the end of the Nizirut, we hear about what they have to do in order to transition out of this status. This is the Torah, this is the rules of the Nazir for the day that he finishes his Nizirut. You should bring him to Petach Ohamoid, to the opening of Ohamoid. And he should bring a Karban Tashem, Keves Ben Shnato. He should bring a one year old sheep, Tamim Echad La He should be perfect, and this should be for an Ola. The Kivsa Echad and one female sheep, Bashnata. Um, that should be at two years old, and this should be for a carbon chatat. And you should also bring one aisle as a shlamim. But what is fascinating here, previously saw, we saw what is a nazir. We see it sort of presented neutrally. These are the rules of the nazir. But then it concludes and says, that this should be holy for Hashem. However, here in our Pasuk, about when we talk about that final day of someone's nazirut, what they have to do to transition out of this nazirut, we see that the Nazir has to bring a carbon chata. That first he brings an ola, and he brings a shlamim, but he also brings a chata, which is a sin offering among these other carbon So the question that I want to ask here is, is the Nazir something positive, or is the Nazir something negative? We see it cast in various different lights throughout the Mepharshim, and it honestly can be quite confusing. So what I want to look at today is some of those perspectives. Is this Nazir something that is good, as we see, or why is it possible that they are bringing the carbon chatzat? Is it possible that this isn't something good? Is there a reason that we're bringing a carbon chatzat? If it is something good, let's delve into that a little bit. So we see that the Ramban, in um, the Ramban on Parakvav, Pasuk Yudal, it states, V'ta'am ha-chatzat she'akriva Nazir b'yom melot yomei nizro. It's not explained in the Pasuk why the Nazir brings this Karban Chatzat on the final day of his Nazirut. The Aldera Chapshat, and according to the basic explanation, What is the Chait that this Nazir has done? The Chait is that he is concluding his Nazirut. Right now, he, he is involved, he is a Nazir. And he is dedicated to Avodah Hashem. And he is saying, essentially, when he finishes his Nizirut, what is he now abstaining from? He is abstaining from this higher level of Kedusha and Avodah Hashem. That when he entered into this Nizirut, he moved essentially, quote unquote, up the rungs of the ladder. That as a regular Jewish person, let's say you were on this level, and now he accepted this Nizirut and he moved up to here. Now on the final day of his Nizirut, he is essentially moving back down the ladder. And the Ramban says, what, is, what should he really be doing? He should be maintaining this higher status for the rest of his life. That once he accepts this Nizirut, he should be staying on this higher level forever. That 
So when he entered into this Nizirut, he took on a higher status. He took on living on a higher plane of Kedusha. And now that he is leaving his Nizirut, he is willingly going down in his level of Kedusha. So Ramban says, why is he bringing this fatah to atone for the fact that he is going to this lower, lower level of Kedusha? That really he should want to stay on this level of Nizirut forever. And because he is leaving this Nizirut, he must bring a chatat for lowering his level of Kedusha. So according to the Ramban, it seems like it's a mitzvah to be a Nazir. It seems like not only is it a positive thing or a negative thing, it is a positive thing. Kavachomer, it is a almost a mitzvah to be a Nazir, that we should all be aspiring to this higher level of Kedusha. And then once you are on that higher level of Kedusha, you should aim to never leave that level of Kedusha. This makes sense because it seems to be paralleling, as I mentioned quite in passing before, but this seems to be paralleling the rules that we have for a Kohen. As it says in Vayikra Parak Yud, Yayin Vishikhar Lotisht Ata Uvanacha Itabu Echal El Ohal Moid, Kohanim are not allowed to drink wine before they enter into the Avodas HaKodesh in the Beis HaMikdash. They are also They are not, this is talking about the general, um, the general iser to shave the sides of your face, to destroy the corners of your hair. But also with the Kohanim, there are very explicit rules about when they have to cut their hair, when they are not allowed to cut their hair, how that relates to the avoda that they are doing at the moment. But there are specific rules regarding the cutting of their hair. So the Kohanim, when they are going into the avoda, they cannot drink wine. There are rules governing when they can and cannot cut their hair. And most similarly, the thing that remains of the Kohanim most prominently today, besides for Berachas Kohanim, is the fact that a Kohen cannot be mitame lamit. That for a Kohen hadil, for a basic level Kohen, they have the Zion Krovim, the seven close relatives that they are able to become Tame for. But the Kohen Gadol has an even more limited number. But the Nazir is the most strict, that there is not a single individual that the Nazir can become Tami for. But this general idea of abstaining from Tumala mate, even though it is a great mitzvah to be osik with a mate, to take care and, and a mate, um, to bury someone in accordance with halacha and to be the one who does this chasat shal emet, even though there is a great mitzvah there, it is not the job for a Kohanim. For someone who is trying to maintain a higher level of Kedusha, they are not allowed to engage with the dead. So too, the Nazir is not allowed to engage with the dead. So it makes sense what the Ramban is saying, that it seems like we have general Kalim, and for anyone who learned with us last year, and we discussed the role of the Kohanim in context of all of Am Yisrael, that we believe that all of Am Yisrael has Kedusha, but the Kohanim are an exemplary group from what, for what it means to maintain a higher level of Kedusha. And in that sort of understanding, in that vein of reading this, the Parsha of the Kohanim, we can understand that the Nazir really is just aimed at achieving a higher level of Kedusha. So it makes sense what the Rabban is saying, that we are people who are always striving to grow, always striving to be closer to Hashem, and always striving to increase our level of Kedusha. So therefore, it makes perfect sense that giving us this, these rules of being a Nazir, of how to live beyond the letter of law, beyond what is required of us in terms of maintaining our Kedusha, but rather growing to a higher level of Kedusha, it makes sense that this would not only be something positive, but this would be something that would be a mitzvah. That it is, if someone is quote unquote up to the challenge, they should try to place themselves at this higher plane of Kedusha. That even though they are not Kohanim, Hashem is giving a path to the average way leader 
to grow in their Kedusha. And this is something not only praiseworthy, but something that we believe you should never backtrack on if that is possible. However, it seems a little strange that that's why we would give the Karban Chata. Because we know that from the beginning of when we hear about the, the Nazir, it is said that there will be a set amount of time. That this is a nether for a set amount of time. So what I want to explore now is a little bit on the opposite. That the Gemara in Tainus, and then brought down by the Rambam in, in Hilchos Deus, gives us sort of the negative perspective on the Nazir. So the Gemara Masechus Tainus says, Amar Anyone who brings upon themselves a fast day is called a chote, is called someone who sins. Savar, ki hai tana de tani rabbi Eliezer hakafar, the rabbi Omer, matal mulomar, the kafar alav measher chata, al hanefesh, ki be izo nefesh chata, ze ela shetier at mo in hayayin. There is a conversation with rabbi Eliezer hakafar and rabbi, and they are discussing. Who is considered a chote? It says someone who um who brings pain to himself. Oh, sorry, who withholds himself from yayin. Um, other things even more so. So they say, if someone who abstains from wine only is considered to be a chote, then even more so someone who abstains from various other things is also going to be considered a chote. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Nekra Kodesh. Rabbi Eliezer says, no, maybe this person is considered to be Kodesh. Maybe this person is holier because they are abstaining from things in this world. And he quotes from the Nazir and says, holy is the person who grows out his hair. So Eliezer Akafar gives the opposite view, and he says, if someone abstains from one thing, like cutting his hair, and he is considered to be holy, even more so someone who abstains from everything in the world should be considered holy. So we have these, this debate in the, in the Gemara, that one perspective in the Gemara is saying, someone who abstains from the pleasures in this world is considered to be a chote. So if you abstain from one thing in this world, and you are considered to be a chote, then even more so, if you abstain from many things in this world, Kalvachomer, you are considered a chote. The other perspective is, is as we discussed before. If you abstain from one thing, as the Nazir is commanded, that the Nazir is told, abstain from drinking wine, abstain, abstain from cutting your hair, then Alachas Kamavakama, that even more so, if you abstain from many other things, then even more so, you would be considered someone who is holy. So the Rambam in Hilchos Deo says, it is said that the kina, the jealousy, hataiva, the desire, vahakavod, and the honor, and everything that is related to these character traits are These are things that remove a person from this world. You should separate yourselves from these greatly. You should try to distance yourself as far as you possibly can.
כהני העובדי כוכבים, גם זה דרך רעה היה ואיסור ליליך בא. So he says there is a perspective that says, if the worst things in this world are kinar, jealousy, our taiva, our desire, our kabod, our respect, if these are the worst things in the world, then you should do everything in your power to separate yourself from these things. You shouldn't have anything nice for yourself. You shouldn't live in a nice place. You shouldn't eat meat. You shouldn't drink wine. You should never get married. You should separate yourself from all worldly pleasures. But the Rambam says, this is the way of the and he is quoting Christianity. And he says, this is what the Christian, um, the Christian religious leaders do, that they separate themselves from all the pleasures of this world. And this is the worst way. It is usher to live like this. Someone who lives in this way is considered to be a Nazir. And now he brings up the Nazir and he says, we have him bring a carbon because he has done a sin. So the Rabbanim say, if, if a Nazir who simply abstained from wine and from cutting his hair is considered to be a chote, that he has to bring a, bring a chatat, how much more so people who abstain from other things in the world. One should only abstain from the things that the Torah limits us on. You should not abstain, you should not swear upon yourself to outlaw things that are not on the list of things that are Asr Minat Torah. This is what the Chachamim say. Some people might say it's not enough the things the Torah asers. I should also asser other things. I should also not allow myself other pleasure. But people who are always fasting are not considered to be doing the right thing. Shlomo warns us and says, don't be too holy. Um, so interesting question in the chat. What about vegetarians? So vegetarianism in Torah is an entire discussion in and of itself. I am definitely not qualified to give it. Um, but I have heard shiurim on vegetarianism in Torah. If I remember, I will try to find the shir that I heard about it and send it to you. Um, it's a big question because a lot of, there's a lot of halakhic implications of being a vegetarian. Like we believe in Simcha Ela Bibasar V'yayin, that there is a certain obligation of Oneg Yantif, of, of, sorry, of Simcha Yantif, of Oneg Shabbos, that is fulfilled through eating meat. So this idea of if Hashem didn't answer it, then we should not be answering it upon ourselves is a very interesting discussion. The one, like, again, I am not the expert. But the basis for saying that vegetarianism would be acceptable is saying that pre-Noah, um, everyone was vegetarians, that we weren't meant to eat the other animals. It was only post-Noah. So we say that it's not really a lechachila. It's not really the way that the world was created, that we should eat animals. But nowadays, we have so many mitzvot that do involve eating meat that it is a very complicated topic. So it may fall under this, that we are not meant to separate ourselves from things that the Torah did not answer, that Hashem, in his divine knowledge, he created the world and he knows what is good for us and he knows what is not good for us. So if something was not made to be usher, then who are we to make it usher to ourselves? 
I think this is interesting. As I was reading this, I was thinking, I was wondering to myself and saying, but what about the concept of Naval Bershaz HaTorah? That in the beginning of Parsha, Kedoshim, it says Kedoshim Tihiyu. Rashi comments there, what is Kedoshim Tihiyu? It says Prushim Min HaRayos, that you should separate yourself from um, immoral, immoral relationships. But the Ramban comments there and says, no, this language of Kedoshim Tihiyu is teaching us the concept that one shouldn't be a Naval Bershaz HaTorah. That you shouldn't take things that the Torah allows and make them disgusting. What does that mean? The Torah allows us to drink wine. That doesn't mean that you should be a drunkard. The Torah allows us to marry and have children. And that doesn't mean that your entire focus should be on intimate relationships. That also means that the Torah allows us to eat meat and make beautiful meals, but our entire focus, we shouldn't be foodies. Our focus should not be on what we're eating because it can become disgusting. That you can distort what the Torah allows. So I think this is saying two sides of the same coin, that there are people who will look at the letter of the law in the Torah, and there are people who will say, this is too lenient. You know what? I can limit myself more. I can limit myself more. I don't really need to do everything the Torah allows. I'm going to be more harsh on myself. I'm going to be more strict on myself. And Hashem says, that is not appropriate. Kedoshim tihiyu. You, you, sorry, the Torah says, I want you to engage in the world. You see the Nazir? This is according to the opinion of the Rambam. You see the Nazir? The Nazir is abstaining and he has to bring a carbon chatzad. And if we're reading it this way, then we would say to that person as well, do not asser things that are not asser. Engage in what Hashem allowed you to engage in. But we also have the opposite end of the coin. We have the people who read the Torah and they say, oh, so it's allowed. So I can fit this in here and I can fit this in here and I can make this work here. It's not technically asser here. And to them, we say that's novel versus Torah, that you are also distorting the Torah, that you are also not doing what Hashem wants. So what you are doing may technically be allowed. This is not the way we are meant to live. We are meant to see the Torah and we are meant to see Hashem's divine wisdom and recognize what is in it and live according to what it says, not how we think that we can interpret it to fit into what we want to do in our lives. And again, I think it's important to note that this can go both ways, that we're saying that the Nazir potentially took this too far in one direction, that Hashem says, you're allowed to drink wine, you're allowed to become Tamilami, you're allowed to cut your hair. And the Nazir decides not to. And although there is an aspect of elevated Kedusha, the Rambam is explaining to us here that there is also this level of you abstained from too many things, that you went beyond what the Torah requires of us. But the problem is, I can say this is the opinion of the Rambam, but there seems to be an internal contradiction within the approach of the Rambam, because the Rambam in Hilchot Nazir states, Ta'omer harini Nazir, so the one who says, behold, I am a Nazir, im kach v'kach, o im lo rasha kazo rasha'imhu. If he says, I am going to be a Nazir, then this is the Nazir of Rasha, Nazir of Rasha'im. So someone who says, I am going to become a Nazir. So you say, I am not going, I am going to do this. I am not going to do this. That is the way of Rishaim. But what is the Hanuder Lahashem Derach Kedusha? But one who makes a truly Kadosh, who really wants to be Kadosh Lahashem, this is the one who it says, Kodesh Hulashem. So someone who looks at the Torah and, like in the previous Rambam, says, I want to abstain from this and I want to do this differently from how Hashem said and I want to withhold myself from all of these things. 
That is um, Nazirat Russia. That is not a proper Nazira, but someone who says, really, I want to abstain, but I want to do a Bederach Kedusha, then this is praiseworthy. But this still seems to contradict the Rambam because the Rambam says inherently this isn't Kadosh. He is saying inherently Hashem gave us the path to Kedusha explicitly, explicitly in the Torah. So why then do we have to think that we have to go above and beyond and we have to take and restrict ourselves from even more things in order to, to rise to this level of Kedusha? So how do we understand this back and forth? Is it holy? Is it not holy? And I can go through so many more Mepharshim who are saying that the Nazir did something terrible. What is, what's so terrible that the Nazir did? Not only did he abstain from things that the Torah did not require us to abstain from, but also he missed out on certain mitzvah opportunities, like the question about vegetarianism. Is it really so holy not to fulfill Onik Shabbos? Is it really so holy not to fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush on Shabbos? Like, is it proper to abstain from something that Hashem commanded us to do? But on the other hand, in the Pesukim, it seems to tell us, Kodesh Hashem, that there seems to be such a holy aspect to this, that it really seems like he's emulating the Kohanim. So how are we meant to understand this? And I think that between all this back and forth, and again, I can bring so much more on either side. But I think that we get the general sense that there seems to be this inherent contradiction between how we understand the Nazi. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, of Ronola Bracha, I think said it, of course said it beautifully. How are we meant to understand the Nazir? He says, moral life is not always simple, a matter of black and white, good and evil, right and wrong. It usually is, but not always. Viewed from the perspective of personal perfection, the Nazirite is good and holy. So if we are looking at this simply from a personal perspective, that this is one singular person and he is aiming and striving for a higher level of Kedusha, this is a beautiful thing. From the perspective, though, of a Jewish faith as a whole, such a life is not an ideal. Judaism wants us to celebrate life, not retreat from it. It is holy to retreat from the world and its challenges, but holier still to engage with them. The Rabbi Sachs breaks it down to a personal and a communal level. That he says on a personal level, this Nazir is holy. He is striving for a greater level of Kedusha in his life. That if done properly, as we saw in the second, in the Ramam Hilchos Naziris, that there is a way to do it improperly, but for the individual, there is a way to do it properly, that there is a way to truly l'shem shamayim, engage in this new status of Nazira in a way that will elevate your Kedusha. And as the Ramban said, it would seem to be a sin to lower yourself from this higher level of Kedusha. What Rabbi Sachs is saying is that on a whole, on a communal level, Nazira cannot be an ideal because we cannot promote everyone retreating from the natural world. That Hashem did not give us a Torah that requires us to, us to abstain from the pleasures in the world. That Hashem wants us to engage in the world. Hashem wants us to engage with other people. Hashem wants us to engage in pleasure in this world. And to place on a pedestal and to, to present as an ideal, this person who has abstained from society would not work for the Jewish people as a whole because we cannot continue ourselves in that way that we cannot expect everyone to live beyond what the Torah requires of us, also because when it gets to that massive a scale, it gets taken out of proportion. That there starts to be people, as it says, who fast all the time. That there is no limit and no bound to when we are promoting this on a mass level. So I believe the lesson that we can learn from the Nazir based on Rabbi Sachs is that is the lesson of balance, is the lesson of being able to promote this idea 
that in our own lives, we can strive for greater Kedusha, but on a communal level, we have to engage in the world. That we have to be able to balance. We have to be able to balance our, our striving and our desire for higher Kedusha while also being able to balance our engagement, engagement in this world and Hashem's vision for how he wants us to interact in this world. So I think this idea of balance, that we don't present the extreme as the ideal on a communal level, is one that is extremely valuable to us today. And I think today there, unfortunately, is so much we want to hold ourselves back from in this world. And I think that on a personal level, it's productive to try to grow, grow in a specific area, to strengthen our sneas and to strengthen our learning Torah and to strengthen things that we find valuable and things that help us on a personal level to disconnect from some of the negative influences in the world today. But I think that on a communal level, we can't just say we are going to retreat. Then on a communal level, we need to learn how to not become a nausea or not to just retreat from everything in this world. Rather, we need to learn to engage in a holy way that we need to be able to take the lessons of Kedusha, of the Kedushim Tihiyu, that we talked about in the last Sefer. We need to be able to take that and we need to apply it back into the world, not simply retreat from the world. So Mir Tashem, may we be able to internalize this lesson of the Nazir and be able in our own personal lives to grow and strengthen ourselves in our Kedusha and not use that to retreat from the world, but rather use that as a community to come together and to communally engage in the world while growing in our Kedushah.